Hey guys, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. Yesterday I posted on the website, bradmcclure.org, a blog post entitled, Ideas to Improve Your Bible Reading in 2023. I want to encourage you to go read it. I'm proud of it. I really think those truths are going to help you. But today, I'm going to talk about them. I'm not just going to read the blog post. I want to give you some personality behind the blog post and some extra thoughts. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome once again back to the podcast. As I said in the opening, yesterday I wrote a blog post, a little over a thousand words. I enjoyed it. It was a challenge to me. I wanted to maintain writing. I've got a new website that I'm going to be writing on next year, but I've got to start at some point. And so I wrote this and I think some others to follow, maybe one will come about some ideas to improve our prayer life in 2023, things like that. But on the podcast is when I just get to be me and talk to you and put a little bit of personality behind the words. And that's what I want to do here today. Because last week, I began this December series. It's not a series, but it's in my mind, it's a series. It's a, it's a, it's a time of preparation to get us ready for the new year. 2023 is going to be here before we know it. And we're going to want to make some changes in our lives, I hope. And you can always start those today on December, whatever it is when you're reading this. You can, or listening to this, you can start today. But a lot of times we wait till a new year or a new start. And so I'm just using December to get us prepped. Last week we looked at Peter when he went back to fishing, but then Jesus called him from that. And he was going to tell him to get back to serving, but he started with the heart. And we talked about the heart of the matter. And you've got to get to the heart. But today, I want to talk about what I wrote about, the Bible. The, the Bible is God's word to us. It is powerful. It changes lives. It's changed your life. It's changed my life. We know its power. We've seen its power. But yet, we are inconsistent with reading it. You say, well, how can you say we, Brad? Because you're talking to a microphone and staring at a computer. You don't know me. Okay, true. But for 12 years I've pastored, and for the last five, people still sometimes look at me as a pastor, even though I'm not. I'm, I work at a bank, and people ask me questions. I am a Sunday school teacher, and I do write on the, uh, write on the blog and this podcast, and people talk to me, and one of the things that they say is this, I don't understand the Bible. I'm not consistent with reading. I get discouraged. And so I'm going to talk today, and I wrote yesterday, about some ideas to help. And I think they are important. And one of the things I said at the beginning of the post, and if you read through it fast, you may have missed it, but it is it is a key. There's going to be two keys today that I wrote about quickly that you may miss. The one key is this, that Satan has a battle plan against you. Mark this down, that if you're wanting to commit your life to getting to know and studying and having some personal time with God every day in 2023, Satan is going to do everything he can to oppose that. He wants to distract you. He wants to discourage you. He doesn't want you in his word, in God's word. He doesn't. He knows its power. He knows how it changes lives. He, he has seen what it's done. Remember the times during Jeremiah's time when everybody was burning Bibles and things like that. He, 
He's behind all of this. But what are we going to do? What are some practical things that are going to help us? When it comes to Satan, I said some things at the end of the blog post I believe to be true. we got to know that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. When you spend time in the word of God, it, this is faith. I wanted to write more about this, but I just didn't. It's a matter of faith. You've got to understand that when you open up that book, by faith you believe that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it is powerful. That when you open up that book, you understand by faith that the Holy Spirit, whom you cannot see, but by faith you know he indwells you, is actually there as a teacher to guide you, to help you. And so when we crack open the Bible to read and study, we need to pray. And we need to ask God that he would guide us and protect us from the temptations and from the distractions of Satan. There's a spiritual battle that goes on the moment you sit down to get some spiritual time, some reading of the God's word in. It happens. And we got to be mindful of that. But here are some four ideas that are practical that don't supersede the fact that the Holy Spirit's working in your life. But here's some four ideas. And the first one I said this week, and I think it'd be important, I said find the best time that allows you to be consistent. And this is a this is a big one because for years I found in my own life, I looked up to these preachers and I would hear some of them or read some of them. And they would talk about getting up at 5 a.m. and 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 all and and for years I remember at college doing this a few times and, and I, for years I would strive to get up earlier than I think is humanly possible for me to try to read and it never was successful. It's not the Bible's fault. I was just picking a time that some other guy does. Because I thought it would work for me because I wanted to be like him instead of finding the time that actually works for me. You see, the spiritual part of this is not the time that you do it. The spiritual part of this is that connection that you have with God. And so you don't have to go at 5 a.m. in the morning to read. I know there's some passages about Daniel and he prayed morning afternoon and night and, and there's some guidelines like that but the key is just your relationship with God if you're getting nothing out of it at 5 a.m but at nine o'clock a.m it's great don't feel guilty find a time that works for you and so as you think about 2023 where is that sweet spot in your schedule that allows you to get the most out of your reading that allows you the quiet time with God when the kids aren't running around and swinging off your arms, when you're not tempted by the television, when you're not, when you're not dead tired, when is your sweet spot? I wanted to use that phrase in the writing and I didn't do it in the blog post, but find your sweet spot that you know you can be there almost every day. And that's when you can have the guilt-free it doesn't matter if it's 10 a.m. It doesn't matter if it's 2 o'clock p.m. Find your sweet spot and spend that time with God. So number one, find your time. Number two, I said have a plan. Have a plan. You got to get a plan. Um, I, when I say plan, 
and I did write about this, we immediately think reading plan, like a checklist, and that's fine. If you need, some of you in your personality type, you need that. You need a checklist time. It's not meaning that it's, it's, it doesn't mean that by checking this off, you're doing your thing and you're not getting the most out of it. Some of you by, by character, by personality, you are a checklist person and it, and you can spend the quality time with God and it's great. And then you check it off and you need a plan for the next day. Okay, great. There are some great plans out there. I put some links to it on the blog post. You can, it's one about reading through the Bible in a year. There's a great one. There's one about reading through the New Testament in 90 days or 120 days. The one I like, I'm considering doing it this next year. I've done it before is, is where you read through a different section of the Bible each day. So like on Monday, I may be reading and I'm just going to throw these out there. I think if I remember right, Monday was like the his, history books in the New Testament, like Romans and Acts. Um, and then then there was a section that was a day that was like Tuesday, maybe Psalms and Proverbs. And Wednesday may be the Pentateuch, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then Thursday may be historical books in the Old Testament or prof- prophetic books. They just had a different section for each day. And I used to like that because I didn't want to get bogged down at the end of Exodus and not be in and just in in reading about the tabernacle i wanted something different every day so that helped me but others of you that would drive you insane to not be able to follow along chronologically that's okay you are you the most important thing is spend time with god daily and and it, and it be something that you are meditating on and you're writing down which i'm going to get to in a second these truths not just doing it to check it off what works best for you? Get the U version app. If if there's a day, let's say you're reading through it with a schedule, but boy, you're just a little bit tight on some days. Have that U version app and have a plan that you're following. For me right now, I'm kind of in between places I'm reading. I grabbed the U version app, found an app on Elijah, and I'm reading and studying Elijah's life, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Get the U version app. Find you a study that's going to help you. There's plans out there, but have a plan because I'm telling you, if you just sit down and show up and open up your Bible, like, oh, I'm going to read here, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to quit. F- have a game plan, a strategy when you come into 2023. Number three, not only that, but get a journal. Get a journal. I've said this several times. I think it's important. Get a journal. In 2022, I think this has been the one that's impacted me the most. And I don't always just write down a nugget. I said that in my blog post, but sometimes I'm just writing down worries and concerns or prayer requests or things that are overwhelming me. And then I'll write down a proverb that I got. I'll write down a nugget from something I read, but I'm just getting my thoughts out on paper. And that may be what you need to do. And I would encourage you to get a journal and write down things that you're learning. I put a link to the one I'm going to use in 2023. Here is a hint. I I am now an Amazon affiliate person. What does that mean? I don't know. I probably will be done doing it after a few blog posts. But it just means that basically I can put a special link to an Amazon. And if you click on it and you order it, then it's the exact same price to you. But Amazon, I guess, gives me some, some money. I don't know how it works. I just read about other people doing it. Every blog and email thing that I read, people are doing. I'm like, why don't I try? It's free. I'll just try to do it. 
but I am actually using that journal. So that's the thing about me is I'm kind of a boring person. So you probably won't see too many Amazon affiliates because I'm only going to share what I do. But I, I'm using this. I can't even pronounce it. It's a German. I got it right here in my hand. It's a, it's a German journal called a Lec Lectin 1917. I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I got it. I put it on my Christmas wish list. I'm going to be writing my thoughts, what I'm reading, everything in that journal for 2023. And I believe that if you do something like that, I don't care if you go to Walmart and get the cheapest journal, but just start writing them down. Why? I think about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had to write out the scriptures. They didn't have things like we do today, but they wrote out the scriptures and they were to write them out with their children. I'm not saying you have to do that in 2023, but I'm saying it was there to help them remember the scripture. And those old time Jews memorized all of those books that you and I struggle to get through, Genesis, Exodus, we get through Genesis and part of Exodus, we struggle in the end of Exodus and Leviticus, they memorized that stuff and they wrote it down. So why can't we take a journal and write down something sweet that came from our time with God? So get a journal. And then finally I said, we got to find some tools that help. We got to find some tools to help. I said this in the blog post. I almost took it out. I didn't want it to be, but I wanted the point to, to get across, but I don't want it to sound like it's me saying something. I do have my master's degree in Bible. I did pastor for over 12 years as assistant pastor and as a senior pastor. But you understand, almost every day I'm using tools to help me understand versus weekly. And it frustrates me that some don't encourage people to get tools to help. There are two main kickbacks that I'll get from this and that people give me. Number one is they will say, well, those tools aren't trusted tools. And what if someone in our, our congregation reads something that we disagree with? Okay. Well, hopefully they are grounded enough in the word of God and you're teaching them well enough at your church that when they spot an error or spot something that's not consistent with what they've been taught, that they will research it and study it out, number one. And then number two, somebody say, well, the Holy Spirit's the only thing you need. Okay, well, the Holy Spirit's not the only thing that most, the, the only thing that's the wrong thing to say. The Holy Spirit is not relied upon alone by even pastors when they're preparing for a message. Now, some do. Some just don't use anything. And you can usually tell it when they speak. But others rely upon some tools, but then they don't want anybody else to do it. And I don't see much difference in that than what the Catholic Church did years ago. When the Catholic Church said, that the the, the regular layperson doesn't need a Bible, they won't understand it. We will explain it to them. And I think a lot of our churches aren't much different. We're basically saying to everybody, hey, don't get any commentaries, don't get any study Bibles or anything. None of them can be trusted. You just trust what I say from behind this pulpit. Whoa. We're not much better than the Catholic Church was. Study the Bible out for yourself. Get into the Word of God and study it. And so what are some tools? We can get a study Bible. Now, none of, this, none of this supersedes the Holy Spirit in your life. But the Holy Spirit will use tools to help you, just like God uses medicine to help us. Could he heal us? Yeah. But he uses medicine at times. 
So get a study Bible. Get you a good study Bible that gives you some short notes on different verses or sections of the Bible. When my wife got one of these, she's like, this is great. It was helping her. Get a study Bible. Some use the, I like the Ryrie study Bible. They don't have too many of them out there anymore, but that's what I grew up on watching my dad use. But I like that one. Life application one is a good one. But get a study Bible. Get apps on your phone. Or get online programs. eSword may cost you like $2 on your app, but I use it every single day. Every single day. I'm not an affiliate with eSword. Every day I use eSword. Now, it may be some initial setup, but if all you're doing is trying to get some help and understanding, you can get Matthew Henry's complete commentary on there and it's going to help you. You can check a few Greek words and Hebrew words to help you understand. And I said, if you want to go a little bit deeper, you can get on Amazon. You can get Warren Wiersbe's commentaries for $100, and they are some of the best. Do I agree with Warren Wiersbe on everything? No. But he gives such devotional, simple thoughts to about every single text that you want. He's got commentaries from Genesis to Revelation. They all come in one package for $100. And it's, it, it's I reference Warren Wiersbe every time I study something. And so they're out there. What are some cautions I wrote about? Yeah, these are just tools that I'm telling you. They're tools that are written by man. That means they're not perfect. And some of these guys, like I said, I'm not going to agree with them on everything. But they are helpful. And learn to study the Bible. That's what the, that's what the Bible tells us to do. To study, to show thyself approved. We need to study it. And so, I finished the blog post... And I'll finish this here today by saying, is it worth it? I think about Joshua. He was a young, fearful leader. Moses had died. God gave him a promise that applies to us still today. He told him this. He said, hey, the book of the law, that's the Bible, shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So he says to Joshua, I want you to meditate on the Bible, what you have day and night. So some come to that and say, well, then we need to do our devotions in the morning and at night. Okay, if that's what you believe based on this verse, okay. I don't think that he's telling us that. It's a phrase saying, hey, you need to meditate on the word of God. Day and night's not a bad pattern to follow, though. He says, that thou mayest observe to do according that all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. When, when does that happen? When we meditate, not just read, but meditate upon the word of God and obey it. Then the psalmist was talking about the person that's genuinely blessed, truly happy. And that person, it says he meditates day and night. There it is again. And he delights in the law of the Lord. And then it says he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper twice. The word prosperous is connected here to the word of God. Once it says you're going to have good success, and it all comes around meditating on the scripture. And so, where am I going with this? In 2023, the Bible is way too important. Way too important in our spiritual growth, in our relationship with God. For us to not have a strategy. For us to just continue as we are. Let's have a plan. And I finished the blog post with a verse that I love. I don't always pray this prayer, but at times I do. And it's a psalmist, I think David, one of my favorite guys. But 
Psalm 119, 18, he prayed this. He said, Open thou mine eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. And that's my prayer for my 2023 and your 2023, that we will behold wondrous things out of thy law, out of the Bible. And we need to ask God to open our eyes to it. We need to ask God to search us. We need to ask God to guide us. And let's make 2023 the greatest year of our lives spiritually. If that's going to happen, yes, like last week, we got to get to the heart of the matter. We got to be in love with God. We, we've, the heart's got to be right. And when the heart is right and we're in love with God, we're going to naturally gravitate to the word of God. But you better have a plan and you better have a strategy. And I consider, I would ask you to consider to find some tools, get a journal, have a plan, and find the best time that allows you to be consistent. And I think if you choose to do that, you're going to improve your time in God's word in 2023. I want to hear from you, though. What do you think? What have you found that's helped you? Give me some feedback. I'd love to know. And maybe I'll even have to update the post if I find something that you say that even helps me in 2023. By next year, I'll have to update and add a fifth or sixth or seventh thing. Let's fall in love with God's Word this year. Thanks for listening. Go check out that blog post. Share it on social media. And have a great week.